What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Gamesies Clay Pod. It's me, Gotham, with my boys, Matt, Charlie. How are we doing, guys? How are we doing? It's been a while, um, a while since we last recorded. A lot's been going on. A lot's happened. Um, you know, first biggest thing we had going into the last pod was the draft. We gave our predictions, um, what we wanted to see, what we did, didn't want to see. Um, and let's, uh, like, now let's just get into our reactions, man. How was, um, where were you on that uh, Thursday night, I think, last Thursday, when uh, we selected Kuminga? Uh, Moses Moody was 7-14. and 14. Reactions, takes. Um, let's go, Charlie. You mean, you mean uh, Modus Moody? Modus Moody, Modi Modi Mousy. Modi Mousy, Moses Moody. Uh, all-time great soundbite, by the way. Shout out Kendrick Perkins. Um, great, great soundbite. Yeah. That was, I hope they play that as his intro um, at Chase Center. <laughs> that'll that'll definitely be following him for a while um I think I said in my predictions well not predictions but things I didn't want to happen was to see Kaminga and I think the tough thing is when you get to him at seven like he's a great value and I think the Warriors are pretty confident that they can develop him into a player that'll be at least a contributor right now and hopefully a star down the line because that's why you take a guy like him but the fact that they got Moody at 14 really just turns the whole draft around because honestly, if he was the pick at seven, I don't think anyone would have argued with that. He was that kind of talent. He fits this roster right now. We got to see it in the summer league. I mean, his defense, the way he plays in transition, the way he shoots off the catch, he's got some dribble skills too. I mean, he's, he's hopefully going to translate right away. And if they get anything out of Kaminga, that'd be a huge bonus. So I think it was good. You know, I still would have preferred that they had like traded one of the picks for now for someone big, but you know, for keeping the picks, they did a pretty damn good job. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I think going into the draft, it was pretty heavily reported that Kamingo was slipping pretty badly. Um, he's not a guy that I – just from all the indications that Sam Presti looked like he was going to draft. So, uh, when he got to seven, I wasn't too shocked. Um, obviously, I think a lot of people are concerned about how, how raw he is, not because of the potential, obviously, but – just the contributions next year. But then, like uh, like you both said, with Moody getting drafted at 14, it kind of flipped everything because you get a guy who, just with the Warriors' new staff, with his skill set, Charlie, like you talked about, and with his body, um, you got to feel like he can be an eighth or ninth man on a roster right now, maybe a tenth guy, but still give you some minutes. Um, Gotham, I think you said it best on Twitter, man. You said uh, you're going to pretend that Moody got drafted at seven and wise and uh coming at 14 and that'll help you kind of feel better about everything. I think that's kind of a good way to look at it. I mean, they got, they got two good prospects. Um, <clears throat> I don't, I mean, I think at this point we're all pretty certain those guys aren't getting traded and I'm more okay with that now than I was a week ago, especially after last night, which we'll get into and not because summer league means anything, but just some, some little things. But um, if they do choose to trade those guys, those two, those two guys are more valuable than a seven and a 14 pick in a draft if that makes sense so that's the way they go those are two pretty heavy assets but no I'm pretty satisfied and I think um I think just the way free agency has gone so far it kind of makes the picks a little easier to swallow especially them keeping them so looking forward to watching those guys develop looking forward to watching more summer league um really excited about Moody early on um getting more excited about Kaminga so uh let's let's rock and roll and get the what you guys think of uh summer league last night yeah so it was good old, man uh I you know obviously don't like to like to you know overreact or anything but I feel like games like these are where like overreactions are built for um and the uh I think it was yesterday that um they played Moses Moody in uh Modi Modi uh I think it was great to watch man I caught, I caught some of the second half but just seeing the highlights of Kuminga's athleticism um just his aggressive uh nature of playing I think is something that as a defender I think he's going to be able to impact right away um, just you know, running transition. I forget who I forget who caught him. Like Jordan Bell um, in the draft. I think it was, I think it was Perk uh, during the ESPN thing. But um, you know, the the good parts about Jordan Bell's game as a rookie that we did see um, when he was when he was here. I think we're going to see a lot of that in Kuminga. Um, we saw him knock down some threes, airballed airballed some stuff too. So obviously development there. And then you know, Moody's somebody that I think, um, like you said, Charlie and Matt. You, thanks for alluding to my tweet. Um, but, uh, you know, looking at like those two guys are solid prospects. And I think somebody like Moody who can shoot, um, you know, it looks like he, he can get to the free throw line pretty, pretty consistently, which I think as somebody as young as him, um, it's just, it's, it's just a, you know, talent that you can't really teach right now. Um, so just getting easy buckets and, uh, you know, just spreading the floor out there when Steph and Clay are, um, on the court, 
and you know just for for those two to be able to impact the game as well as they did yesterday in their first you know action uh was really good to see and as somebody that wasn't too stoked on the Kaminga pick um like you Charlie earlier it definitely uh, surprised me yesterday and excited for what we can see in the future yeah and I still definitely have questions about him overall and you know the the rawness you certainly saw last night. Like, he's so physical. He's so impressive with his dribble. The way he can make some reads is incredible, but he still has his sort of airs where he shows that, you know, he's 18 and yeah. is just starting, like, coming down in the first half. You know, he makes this incredible, like, transition skip pass coming across the lane, hits the guy in the far corner, and then he tries to do the exact same thing in the third quarter, telegraphs it the entire way, and – one of the Heat players is just standing there like, thanks. It's going to look nice in the stat sheet. I didn't have to do anything for this. Uh, I think, you know, I think he had five, six turnovers too last night. You know, you see that volatility with him. But what I think the oh, big difference is – Yeah, yeah, of course. And I think, you know, even though a lot of it was probably related to the injuries that he piled up, I think what frustrated us about James Wiseman is it's like, dude, you're – seven feet tall like you're a physical beast like you may not have all the technical skills right now but just like throw yourself at some people you know like get aggressive and we saw from Kaminga he's got no hesitation to do that and a little credit you know to Moses Moody too like the dude was just always in the right spots like he just knew where to be on the floor like he was putting himself in the corners while he was getting himself open for good looks and you know he still had his little moments like getting like a three-second violation like taking some odd shots but you know he plays a pretty clean game for his age solid basketball player not really a hooper though <laughs> yeah i agree man I, I was pretty pumped on kaminga's uh showing to be honest not because he was like lights out not because of the um not just like anything he he did in the court but the things he was trying to do charlie you mentioned some of those skip passes to the weak side um the fact that he's even looking there is kind of encouraging right now and that was awesome to see he had one he tried to throw in this outlet pass, this full-court outlet, and it, it skyrocketed uh, out of bounds. It was a terrible yeah, pass, but he's looking. And, again, we kind of mentioned Wiseman. We know Wiseman had, um, has probably a uh, pretty, pretty gnarly tunnel vision. He has the ball. It's kind of like he gets the ball, and it's, he's going to face up and go to that spin move. And last year we knew the result, and that's all right. But, no, just, just like you said, with his body, too, I mean, the guy is a – bowling ball and he's not afraid to throw himself around and he's gonna be physical and that's kind of at this stage of his career without <clears throat> being as refined as he'll eventually be hopefully this is what you want from a guy like that you know a guy who knows how big he is and is willing to use his size and is also gonna get I me mean, when he's going downhill is gonna find shooters and he's at the very least right now looking those passes will get better he'll make better reads but uh, a willingness right now is kind of what you gotta hope for i feel like and with moody yeah you think, Charlie, you kind of nailed it, man. The guy knew – he knew he was out there to be in a basketball court, man, uh, throughout the whole game for the most part. It, it was uh, – he had one play that I thought was pretty telling when – I forget who missed a layup, but he followed it up with a dunk, and he just – he knew where to go. He's following the ball. He knows where to be in the court. So that's exciting. He does just seem like a smart, young basketball player, man. It's cool to imagine how – maybe not in three months, I mean, hopefully, but six, seven, eight months and next couple of years how he could fit uh, on a court with Stephen Clay. Another thing I want to say is just, like, just when these guys talk in, like, interviews and stuff and asking about what kind of aspects of their game they want to work on or whatever, I mean, like, they say the right things. And I know, like, it's easier said than done, obviously. But just to hear, you know, guys like, like Kuminga being like, you know, I, I know there's a lot of my game I need to still develop, you know, whatever it is. But just being, like, cognizant of what he has to improve on and how he can help the team right now. And I think both these guys have that mentality where, you know, they know that they have to develop and grow as players themselves. But – there's aspects of their game right now that I think you can come in and throw them on the court. Um, Kuminga defensively, Moody with the shooting, and um, we're going to need them, in the, especially at the beginning of the season when we're still trying to figure it out with Clay out. Um, these two are really going to need to step up and Wiseman, like you guys said earlier. So um, just hearing the, hearing the right things from these two, you know, young, raw rookie prospects who I think can develop into something great for us. Yeah, I think especially for Moody too, just the fact that he looks – like he's active off the ball right now already, and he's trying. And to just get always spots. moving, and like he there's knows, nothing. He knows the right shot to take, and it's really cool to watch. Yeah, no, exactly. And there's nothing better to do in a, a mindset to have when you're playing with Steph Curry than to know where to be in the basketball court when you don't have the ball. Shout so, out Kelly Exactly. So Charlie, go. Yeah, that's the thing too, and you know, I'm glad you mentioned Kelly, and we'll get into his situation later. But I think he was a guy where you saw that frustration where he was an excellent cutter. But that first cut, he wouldn't always get the pass. 
and we've seen this in the Warriors offense where it's not the first motion you make, but it's the second or the third because they're going to run through so many looks. They have guys like Draymond and Steph and Clay when he's healthy who just have this unbelievable chemistry and processing speed and they just keep the ball flying around and just because you know you like you can get kind of frustrated when you make that really good move you feel like you're open and they don't find you but they'll find you again if you keep moving and I hope Moody is the kind of guy where he has the confidence and the effort to just keep going all the time because they'll definitely be finding him and he can put those shots down. Charlie do you mean that you shouldn't just wait in the corner if Steph Curry's relocating for a three? Uh, no, you actually should not just stand okay. there. Uh, it's a revolutionary thought. Contrary <laughs> to what we've seen, but, uh, you know, it's, it can work out. Um, so another another big thing that, you know, obviously draft was big. Um, I think we kind of hit the hit the nail on the head with that. I think Bob and Joe, for as much as uh, as much as the criticism that we did give them and, you know, all the like, Warriors Twitter has been, you know, kind of piling on, I think they did pretty well out there. But um, the next big uh, big dragon to kill was free agency. Um, Matt, Charlie, um, obviously we're not yet done yet. We're not out of the woods, but, um, so far, Otto Porter Jr., uh, Nemanja Bielica on the squad, got rid of, um, my boy, Kent Bazemore. Um, just my dog, so sad to see him leave, but, uh, um, no, I want to get you guys take on, uh, obviously free agency going into it, what you guys wanted to see. Um, obviously we had some misses with Batum and Mills, but, um, how we bounced back from that, um, with the OPJ signing, um, Bielica and, Obviously, who else you want to see round out their roster? Because I don't think it's done yet. Um, Matt, Charlie, what did you guys think, man? I, I'm uh, not as high as I think others are on the Warriors offseason so far. Not because I don't think that um, Porter and Bielitsa are, are good fits. I think there's just a lot of caveats that come with both those guys. Uh, Porter's thing is obviously his health. The guy's been pretty chronically injured uh, for the last few years of his career. And I think it's just always kind of tough when – it's tough to be super pumped on an offseason when your main guy you got has a bunch of ifs before everything you say about him. Um, but with that being said, if Otto Porter is healthy, um, he's, he's as good of a guy as you could ask for on this team. You know, he can play the three and the four. He shoots lights out. He's a smart guy. He's not a dummy on the court at all. He knows what to do. Uh, and again, we talked about that with Moody. Obviously, I don't think Moody will be that yet. But uh, the idea is Moody can be kind of become what Otto Porter was at his best, hopefully. You know what I mean? Uh, that's just a smart guy. He knows what to do. And Porter is those things. So, uh, like I said, I don't like those ifs. But if he does work out, awesome. Right? It's great stuff. He's going to fit really well. He's a guy that uh, if things do work out, you're closing with him ideally at the four next to Draymond at the five, right? Uh, in the Warriors small lineup. He's a guy who can guard a few positions. Uh, and I think, again, it health – Barring health, uh, he might be one of the top three or four acquisitions of the offseason, uh, and it could be a whole lot of nothing also. I think we got to kind of accept that. But uh, with Bielitsa, it this is weird because the Warriors haven't had shooting like they have right now really ever, not even with KD. They had Steph Clay and KD, but outside of that, they didn't really have anybody to knock down threes. And right now they have four or five guys on their roster who can spread the floor. And I think, again, it will have some, uh, we'll have some cool lineups with him at the five uh, for – for a, for a lot of a lot of fun games this year, so I'm looking forward to that. Assuming he also can get uh, back to where he was a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think Porter. You know, the thing you said the first of all that sticks out the most: the guys played 42 games over the last two years, which is just not encouraging. And you know, you would hope that he can recover. You know, just for him personally, not even from a Warriors perspective. Like it's tough to just have multiple lost seasons, and you'd hope that he'd be able to capture some sort of health and get back to the form he's in because the guy is, you know, solid at what he does and what he does is defend and hit threes at a high clip. He's not going to be the most versatile defender, like, you know, switching up onto guards and stuff. Like he can't unlock those full lineups, I think, but he can do enough of those things. And more importantly, just know what his role is, like know what he's there to do, know to be moving around the corners on offense and know to be sticking with that help. Um, you know, they can't rely on him to be that primary defender type, but they have Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins. They don't need to. So I think he's a decent enough signing. And I think Bielitz is that kind of guy you throw in to just give that sort of offensive stab that they lacked last year because you saw that there were guys that just, you know, they didn't have guys who could catch fire really off the bench, save for Jordan Poole every few games. 
No, it really, so, like, I just want to stop you real quick, man. It really can't be said enough, just to your point, how much this team is going to benefit from having guys who can shoot in the floor. You, got, you would think it goes without saying, but uh, Steph played with the worst spacing in the league last year by a pretty wide margin, I'm pretty sure. And, yeah, having, having a guy like Porter out there is going to do wonders for this team whenever he's on the floor. Yeah, I think, you know, a guy like Porter, too, where he's not going to kill you on defense is important. Uh, Bielitsa is going to kill you. But uh, they sort of, you know, have like lineups worked out where I think they're confident that they can rotate him through. And, you know, when you have a guy like Draymond, when you have guys like Kevon Looney that know what they're doing on defense, you can make up for having a player like Bielitsa in the fold. So, you know, not the best free agency overall. I think we would have liked to see some sort of move to acquire a better player. Uh, You know, still having that mid-level exception open is nice, but you know, it's tough for the Warriors to get the spending in right now. It sounds like it's unlikely they even spend it. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest takeaway from the offseason. I mean, the or whatever the offseason so far, just with the free agency, is that you know that those contracts are really hurting. And I know Matt, Charlie, we we talked about this over text um, a lot, but um, that Wiggins contract is really, really eating into what you know we can do as a as a team spending wise, and um, you know, just the kind of talent we can surround ourselves with. Um, that being said, um, I think you guys kind of hit the nail with that one. Um, Porter, I think, Matt, you said the ifs. Um, I think that's uh, like that there's no other way to put it. Like, if the guy's healthy, he's going to be great for us. If not, um, you know, that's just another kind of offseason swing that we had that didn't work out. Um, do you guys know if he's healthy or not, like coming into the season? Like, how's, he, how's his health right now? Or do we not know that? I'm going to leave it to Charlie because Charlie was on it last year. My understanding, though, is that he kind of got sat in Orlando, not because of uh, health, but because he wasn't wasn't meant to play there. But, Charlie, go ahead. Yeah, I think that was probably one of those mutual decisions where he's a guy who's dealt with some chronic stuff in the past and probably, you know. So, coming into the season, he'll be be healthy? I would assume so, you know, unless he's got some sort of, like, recurring stuff that's going on. But he didn't have an injury that kept him out last season during the second right. half. Like, you know, it was more just Orlando being terrible. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's good. I mean, at least you can come in right away. And, you know, I think the biggest, the biggest part of the season, I think, I think it was Steph that said this, like after you signed that extension where the Warriors season's kind of be, uh, like split up into three sections where it's, you know, that pre-clay before he comes back and he's, um, you know, just getting clay back in and that regular season run with clay. And then obviously the playoff run that hopefully we get to see this next season. I think the biggest like third of that of this next season is going to be that first one where, you know, we're getting all these new guys. Hopefully we can sign a couple more. I don't know if we're making any moves, but if we do, I'm just getting everybody into this system. We saw how long it took last year. And once everybody did get into that though, like, you know, that, that down the stretch, we were, I think we we're 15 and five in our last 20 games. Um, so we, we know that when this team has time playing together, like that's going to be important. So to get guys like, um, like you said, Matt, um, with shooting, we haven't seen this before. Um, Bielitsa is a stretch four or five kind of guy who can pass. Um, can pass like Bogut, shoot like, you know, most space from the from beyond the arc. So um, just having guys like that that can space the floor, I think is big. Um, I do still want to see the Warriors try and get a backup point guard. Um, I, I know that that's something and someone that we've been, you know, kind of eyeing since, you know, Matt Patty Mills struck out in him. Um, George Hill was on the table. Um, but, you know, Schroeder, um, shout out to him for that ridiculous you know contract turned down but um feel bad for him but you know i come come to come to golden state give him give a little fuck you to la um but uh yeah i mean overall i think that this offseason is incomplete um is what is the way i say it. we did we made the right moves um but it also goes to show just how how badly constructed the warriors were last year like auto porter and nemanja bielitz aren't you know kd kind of signings um last year's very fixable and um, I'm happy to see that we've taken the right steps um, this season to get a better team out there. Yeah, I think it's interesting, like, just what you said. It's strange how you put, again, I think the Warriors should have a top 12 offense this year at the worst, mm-hmm. I think, just given what they have. Uh, and I think you mentioned the, the offseason not being, like, a home run, but I also I think it's it's really weird how this team, this offseason could be a home run in a weird way. Like, it could be if, if Clay comes back next year and looks like 85% of Clay – if the things break right, this team is, I think, competitive with the Lakers. I really do. Yeah, I don't think – I totally um, agree. I don't know if that's likely, uh, but just given if Otter Porter works out, if Jordan Poole makes the leap that I, I think he's capable of making, if Clay comes back and looks 
like again, 85% of Clay Thompson, like I just said, um, this team is completely different than if Porter is hurt, if Poole kind of stagnates or goes backwards, if Clay comes back and just is not ready to go or is not himself. Uh, there's just so much variance. That's why it's this the raw season is going to be so hard to judge. And I think Steph also mentioned in the article or in his interview with Thompson that um, he wants to see the team what how it looks during in addition to free agency, but also during with buyouts with trades mm-hmm. at the deadline. And I think that's going to be when we really know what this team looks like. Yeah, I think the hesitancy to make moves is, you know, we don't have Clay back, and Clay is one of the bigger pieces of the team. And once he's back, then now, you know, what Steph is alluding to is now you're starting to see what this team is at its full capacity. What do we have right now? And maybe that is some of the part that made them more hesitant this offseason because, you know, they still need guys like Porter and Bielitsa to have depth at those forward spots. And ideally, I think they would try to work something out for a sort of backup point guard because right now that spot is pretty much just empty. And I think, you know, relied on relying on some sort of pool moody backcourt. Uh, you can't really do that at the beginning of the season and, you know, put them into that kind of situation. So I think looking, you know, to dish the MLE for a guy like Reggie Jackson, That's the perfect for a guy, guy. like Easy. Dennis Schrader. Um, I mean, it doesn't, you know, even just in the sense of having a body, having a veteran body that knows what he's doing, you know, you can look at a guy like Jeff Teague even. I mean, you know, this is – it's just sort of the point the Warriors are at in the offseason. Like, not that I'd be like, woo, Jeff, Teague, Jeff Teague's coming to town. But, you know, at least they would have some sort of contingency plan in case the young guys and, just aren't ready to step up into it. And that's the weird part about this team. Like like you said, Matt, like you don't – like it's hard to judge them, but – like these, these like you know, if we signed a T or Schroeder, or a Jackson, or you know, all the signs that we do have, we're I feel like at least that on paper we're pretty close to being at the top of like top tier of the West, and it's like that's why this whole MLE thing I feel like is a little concerning. But not concerning. It's just a little. Um, I feel like it's too early. Like you, like Steph said, and you just said Matt, um, that buyout like midway through season trade deadline, obviously being so strapped for cash right now, um. It makes that harder, but, you know, to have – to be able to get players at that time, you have to, you know, at the beginning of the season show that you're competing for a championship and, you know, going into that trade deadline. So, it's kind of one of those, like, yo, I don't know if we should spend it now to, you know, hopefully get more later or, you know, just see work with what we got. But I, th- I really do think we're one ball handler away from being top top three in the West um, coming out the gate. Um, that's my hot take. Uh, but – um, just like you said, Charlie, I think just that backup guard, I think we can't rely on Jordan Poole right now. Um, not saying he can't do it. It's just with all the young guys in there, um, just having like a defensive kind of just defensive presence as a guard or like just somebody who can get the offense rolling with Poole off ball, on ball, um, will just make it easier and just make this team run better. So even if that's somebody like Iguodala, like um, they're just a guy who can, you know, just get, uh, just get initiate the offense. Yeah, I think Iguodala has kind of been lost in this as like a pseudo point guard in that if he does resign, which is kind of looking iffy right now, obviously, with all the reports coming out about Brooklyn and uh, the Lakers. But um, if you stick Iguodala next to Poole for however many minutes that's going to be, I mean, it probably wouldn't be more than 12 to 14 if we're being realistic. And then the rest of the time, Poole is probably sharing the floor with one of Steph or Clay, if we're being honest. Um that team looks okay. And I agree having a defensive guy there is important. I mean, I think that's kind of why uh, not necessarily for Patty Mills, but for Batum or Patty Mills, that's kind of why that was ideal almost. Yeah. And Patty, the reason I love that idea is just because shooting, man, the guy's lights out. Um, having a guy like that next to pool, who's available to back up Steph, who uh, while Clay is out and play with Steph too, would have been huge. Uh, Charlie, you mentioned, mentioned Reggie Jackson. I think that's kind of the next best thing right now. Not because, um, Traditionally, he's not been the best uh, or a consistent three-point shooter, but 41% last year, the guy's a really good athlete. He's got he's 6'3", seven-foot wingspan. Um, gets to the rim. Almost, yeah, gets to the hoop. He's We saw those stats last year. He was like the third-best ISO player in the league behind Steph and KD, I'm pretty sure, which was absurd. Um, I, don't, I don't know if that ever happens again or not or what that means, but again, just a guy who can kind of get you a bucket – who you trust um, at the end of a game. And he kind of showed right now that are in the playoffs. So that's kind of the guy he can be going forward. So I'd love to see them pull Reggie Jackson off the MLE. I think he's probably one of the Charlie, you mentioned Schroeder as well. One of the two guys they, they give it up for. So 
that's that's that fit right there. A guy who can start, play defense, hit some threes, play with Pool, play with Steph, play with Clay. Uh, that's that's kind of it right now for me, though. Yeah, I agree. And you know, if they if they need to get deeper, there are some interesting guys they can take flyers on. Um, I've had my eye on Grant Riller coming off Charlotte. I hope that he's a guy that they could get their hands on and try to develop a bit. Uh, one of those guys who came out a bit older in the league. Um, God damn, Charlie. Yeah. You just know too, you yeah. just know all these players, man. I was just sitting there like trying to act like I wish you guys could see it right now, but like, I was just my face was blank. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, was like I think his name is Drew Schiller and he played yeah, in Stanford, think, man. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I see him on Twitter, but uh, No, yeah, I don't I don't throw out a name like Grand Roller expecting you guys to like stand up and start clapping. Yes. <laughs> That's my man. Uh no, but, uh, you know, there's interesting ways they can go. And I just think, you know, the nightmare scenario is you try to run, like, Nico Mannion coming back as the backup point guard. Hey, he, like He looked great in, in the Olympics. I'm not, not trying to put too much into that, but, you know, Nico's looking nice. I almost um, yeah. want a combo guard more than a pure point guard analysis. I really do think Poole, towards the end of last season, showed a lot of pick-and-roll passing and his ability to get the paint and set guys up. Uh, I, I personally, again, I'm, I'm really, really high in Jordan Poole. I think that guy's got a pretty, pretty solid trajectory going, but I'd like to see him next to a guy who can share the ball as well. I think Jackson kind of fits that mold. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, Charlie, uh, just kind of pivoting from, you know, this guard kind of talk. Um, funny you brought up Charlotte, um, right before we recorded, um, Kelly Oubre, the reports were out there that he's near to deal with Charlotte. Um, I just kind of want to – you won't have to go too deep into it, but, you know, just this whole Oubre thing, you know, where coming into free agency, we thought, you know, he was commanding $20, 20000000 million, um, something like that. And um, just to see how far he's fallen off, uh, crazy. Show me like Schroeder did that too. Um, yeah, let's – I, I like the idea of just getting a trade exception out of that trade. And I think it's, I think it's solid. I think that's all you're going to get there. Charlotte does have, I think they got 13 million cap space. So I think Uber is not getting more than that at this point in the market. So if that's how it goes. You got to hope Golden State gets a trade exception back. Not that they would necessarily use that at this point, given a lot of the rhetoric coming out of their uh, front office right now. But I think we're going to take a quick one guys and discuss potentially if the Uber thing to Charlotte doesn't work out. Uh, some moves there, and then look a little further in the Warriors offseason. Thanks. Yo, yo, what's up, guys? Welcome back, Matt. Thanks again for that um, for that shout out. Um, always, always a pleasure, man. You do a great job, killing it every time. Um, Thanks, but as we, as I started talking about before we uh, went on the break, um, had a huge brain fart. Um, just messed up the timing and stuff. But Kelly Oubre, um, obviously. It's a guy who came into free agency. Um, we didn't really know if he was coming back. He was leaving. Um, he obviously came into the offseason not really wanting to accept the bench role with the Warriors. Um, the relationship seemed like it kind of soured, but, you know, as we kind of went along, nobody was picking him up. Um, and this possibility of a sign-and-trade, you know, maybe get something back instead of losing him for nothing. Um, now we're hearing reports that Charlotte might be super interested. Um, so, Charlie, Matt, I just want to get your take on – um, what you thought about the whole Ubre experiment, um, and what do you think is going to happen? What do you want to see happen? Is there a way we can salvage this uh, this whole Ubre thing? I just think with the way his market has come down, you know, before there was so much talk, and it seemed like a sign and trade was inevitable because it seemed like sort of a foregone conclusion that at least some team was going to give him money, and mm-hmm. they were going to be willing to like move other contracts and make a trade to get it done. And the fact that his market has come down so much to where teams are talking about giving him like the mid-level exception, uh, you know, probably just like one year pillow deals where he can reestablish his value is kind of crazy. And I think that's the problem with it is, you know, like he's actually like lost so much value in this tough market because, you know, so much of this cap space has already been just taken up that it doesn't look likely that the Warriors are going to get anything out of it at this stage, unless some team is, you know, willing to like pony up more than the mid-level to get it done. Are you are you surprised though? Like honestly, like because last year Ubre obviously had that super rough start to the season, but you know once he once he figured it out and um, kind of obviously he had spacing issues and stuff. Like there were issues with the team, but like as a player, he was always there. Um, you know, hustling defensively, he was bringing the energy. Um, I remember like we talked about it multiple times on the pod where we ch- we shouted out Kelly. Um, 
you know, that whole Wiggins Kelly debate we used to have uh, last season. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't think, I don't know if it was like a, like did that beginning of the season thing hit him up so much or it was more so just teams don't see like caps wise, cap wise that they're just spending problems. I don't know. But I'm I think, just surprised uh, by the drop off that like such a bad drop off. I think part of it is not on him. You know, I think when you look at these teams around the league, like, I don't think he showed enough last season where, you know, like playoff contending teams are going to be lining up to like make a move for him. And it does sound, you know, like there's some indication that he was asking a pretty high price and that teams just like weren't comfortable mm-hmm. looking at him at that price. So they moved on to other options. And I think now what you're seeing is, you know, now with a team like Houston coming in with potentially having some interest, which I think is pretty, you know, for, from Kelly's perspective, I mean, why wouldn't you want, just want to go to a place where you can most reestablish your value, get the most mm-hmm. touches. Like they'll definitely, you know, give him what he needs to do. He'll be playing next to some solid playmakers. So, you know, I think when you look at the market like that, you know, like these teams like Houston are just willing to wait it out and see if they can get this guy for cheap. Cause why throw all this money at him 100%. when, you know, at some point he's just going to pack it in and be like, all right, I still want to play basketball. Like I'm going to sign a contract and then just try my luck again next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this free agency class is kind of weird because uh, at face level, it was kind of uh, it was it was kind of underwhelming. But there was actually like twenty or thirty guys who are just good players, and there are two things right now that are important in basketball, and those two things are defensive versatility and shooting. Right, and Kelly gives you one of those things, but he definitely is kind of lacking in the other. So guys like Reggie Bullock, Danny Green, and just players like that are Duncan kind of getting picked above him. Duncan Robinson, Doug McDermott, even I mean, guys like that are getting picked up before because shooting is king right now. I think it's kind of a big problem. Um, and I think obviously his asking price is probably a little bit uh, unreasonable. And I don't think anybody thought the Warriors were at least bringing him back for 18, 20 mil. Um, I think if we're being honest too, the best case scenario for his exit, just again, given the Warriors cap situation was probably a trade exception as it was. And that's still a possibility with, with uh, Charlotte, he would be getting traded into space. So um, that's still an option. But I know we had high hopes at a certain point of like a Buddy Heald type thing or uh, even an Eric Gordon thing. That's still on the table potentially. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with Charlotte or how uh, Golden State will approach this. But, yeah, I think ideally we're turning this into something. But I think just given where the Warriors are, the most likely scenario for all of this was just a, a parting of the ways. And even Bob said – Bob, as if I know him, but Bob said uh, early on, you know, he's using the mid-level or the Uber slot basically. And it looks like, I mean, honestly, it looks like it might be neither, but mm-hmm. at the very least, I think getting something for Uber was always kind of a log shot, just given where the Warriors are right now. Yeah, if it's neither, that's just tough because we spent yeah. like tax wise was what, 84 million on them um, or just that whole experiment. So, I mean, you guys kind of, hey, I, I don't see anything really happening. Um, I have this pipe dream of, um, you know, letting Buddy Hield. Um, I think most of us do, Eric Gordon. But realistically, I just think being so strapped for cash and, um, you know, Ubre not necessarily being in the mentality to help us out. Um, and that's it's, a, it's nothing against him. I think he, he's earned the right to, um, you know, choose where he wants to go, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just think it didn't work out. Sad to see. I mean, I think he could have fit in great with us. I think he still, if we can sign him for the minimum or something, I think um, I think he can still be a great uh, impact player for us. But, yeah, I don't think he's going. Um, but going from one, uh, one, one lefty that can't really shoot to one that just won't shoot, uh, Ben Simmons. Um, we got this guy um, potentially on the market as well. Um, reports saying that, uh, he's not talking to anyone. He's not, you know, liking the Sixers Instagram page, um, not following whatever. Something's going on in Philly, and it's not always sunny right there. So, uh, Ben Simmons, but um, do you guys want to see him rock a Warriors uniform? I personally have been going back and forth this just with the package of what we'd be willing to give up, um, the fit at times, but there's also a huge part of me that, you know, I – you know, if it's the Ben Simmons that we've seen the last, not necessarily this last playoff series, but years years before Ben Simmons, that could be the thing that kind of elevates us to kind of that top tier in the West. Um, Matt, Charlie, Ben Simmons, yes or no? Just let's, let's hear. So first of all, Gotham, I think you deserve some credit for that transition, man. The lefty, the lefty connection there was on point, and then including the always sunny reference was, you know, good for you, man. That was not awesome. Not just a pretty um, face, man. Not just a pretty face. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I go back and forth with this, and I have pretty much since this whole thing started. I think it was even as recent, like as, as far away as last year, pardon me, but like I, I do go back and forth. It depends what the Warriors are giving up, obviously. It depends on a whole number of things. And Ben and Ben saying he wants to be in Golden State if the Warriors want to go that route is like a 10% increase in leverage. If there is any, his contract is still three or four years, so it's not a whole lot, but um, the best version of that guy in conjunction with Draymond and Steph and Clay is, it, it's, it's an incredible roster. You have two just, I think probably the two best defensive players in basketball, in my opinion, and Ben Simmons and Draymond Green um, at your four and your five, however you want to do that, uh, covering up for what would probably be a, a weakness in their, in their, um, in their guard spots, you know? So I don't know. I mean, again, it's just imagining Steph Clay X shooter, Draymond and Ben Simmons, um, especially the Warriors' new development staff, and hoping you know they can they can turn that jump shot into something or get him willing to do something. It's pretty tantalizing. Uh, the most I'd be willing to toss out if I'm Golden State is probably Wiggins and all their first round picks. I don't know that any of their guys they have in the roster right now would would do it. I, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't toss Moody out right now. I probably wouldn't toss Kaminga out right now. I think those guys' value is the highest it'll be for a while until they kind of reach their actual potential. So including those guys sounds like a, a loss for golden state. I don't see, um, I mean, obviously if they flipped Wiseman or any of those guys in reality, Philly's flipping those guys for somebody else later on, uh, unless they go full on rebuild and trade Embiid, which I don't think is ever going to happen, but no, um, I, I don't know. I go back and forth. Could be an awesome fit. I can see golden state being the team to unlock that guy, but it's hard to bet on a guy who's making $30 million a year that I, I keep saying this, that you can't play in the last four minutes of a close playoff game. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think he's a tough thing because I think Ben Simmons is still an, an incredible player. And I think, you know, there are some definite concerns there with like the work he puts in regarding his shot, the way he's willing or unwilling to change things. But you know, the Sixers too, like they also did such a poor job at being like, you know, sort of like flexing this, like, oh, we don't need to tell Ben what to do because we're good with Ben. You know, like that was sort of Doc Rivers' like shtick when people would ask him about the shooting. And then when the playoffs went poorly, they sort of just like turned the firing squad on him and were just like, you know, trashing him pretty much without, you know as far as like teammate shade will go and, you know, Embiid all but blamed that playoff loss on him because of passing and, out of the Embiid dunk. Embiid and Doc. He straight up, yeah, yeah, he straight up, they straight up threw him under the bus. bus. Um, yeah, and, you know, whether or not you think that's fair, like, you know, Ben Simmons is like a dude with feelings and like he's still an incredible player in his own right. But I think, you know, for a lot of the same reasons that he didn't fit with Philly, he wouldn't fit with the Warriors because – you have a guy like Draymond who's just a, you know, non-threat in the half court scoring right now. And while it would be exciting to, you know, have him passing to Simmons and getting him open, like in the dunker spot where Simmons really does belong. I, do, I just don't, you know, I don't see how those two work together. And on top of that, you know, like when Simmons isn't the primary ball handler, he's losing a lot of his value. And even though the Warriors don't really run with a primary ball handler per se, that's, you know, sort of the strength of Simmons is you're giving him the ball constantly. You're letting him open up these looks. And I just don't think the Warriors can make good use out of him to justify making any sort of trade. I, yeah, I think I, that I think you mentioned earlier, man. Oh, go ahead, dude. Yeah, no, I was just about to say, like, I think, I think we can make great use of him. And Matt, I think you, you said it earlier where I think the Warriors can unlock his potential um, just with all the development guys we have playing next to Steph and Clay, the two greatest shooters, I mean, something's got to rub off. And I think Draymond will really light a fire under his ass. Um, just, you know, everything you hear from Simmons, um, I'm not – I've always been a Simmons kind of guy. I love the way he plays, just, you know, being a guy who can dish and play defense. Um, but I think the way it works is if you stagger him and Draymond, which would mean one of them goes to the bench or takes, um, you know, a significant – not a significantly less role, but um, obviously – uh, coming off the bench kind of role. Um, and I think it'd be, have to be Draymond. Um, but I think like just to, you'd have to stagger those guys, but seeing like just the way, when you see the way Simmons plays, just he sees the floor all the time. So guys like Steph, Clay, Poole, Moody, um, you know, whoever we end up do keep it, or whoever we do end up keeping um, in that deal, um, they're going to eat, like they're going to get good looking shots. They're going to be able to, you know, go, go in space, run in transition and, 
like like you guys said, Ben's kind of one of those top two, top three defensive guys. Um, and to have two of them on the same roster, um, I think you can play him down the stretch in a playoff game. I think we just defensively, he adds so much. Um, and I don't think his shooting is going to be that much of a problem. Like we see him, barring that Atlanta series, like that that uh, that series against the Wizards, he was he was killing it. You know, he was attacking the paint, um, getting those mid range floaters, um, just getting everybody else involved. So. Um, I, I think I think it's a, it's a trade worth. Um, it's a trade that's I, I would be down to see happen. But like you guys said, I think it depends on what we give up. If we're giving up, like you know, if we're, I, I don't think we should give up Kuminga or Moody as of right now. Like you said, Matt, I I, I want to see them at least develop. Who, Definitely. Who would you give up, man? I'd give up Wiseman for sure. I'd give up Wiseman, uh, Wiggins, um, and I just I just think that you know Wiggins is more of that traditional three that we can have, but Simmons kind of unlocks this kind of hybrid version of the Warriors that run and gun wise. And if we add something like Iguodala, um, you know, or if we get a backup guard like Shooter or whoever we do end up signing, um, I just think Simmons elevates he, he elevates the guys around him um, just with his um, passing ability. And I think that in, that alone, I think, will unlock a lot for the Warriors. Um, but it really does depend on the package. You know, Daryl Morey is trying to fleece the shit out of everyone. Um, with what he's asking for. And Simmons' value is as low as it's going to be. Um, I think it's not going to be this low ever again. Um, he's an all-star kind of guy, so it's going to be it's going to be only going on the up. So um, I really spend like the money idea. to make you money. You mentioned staggering Draymond and Simmons, if that were to happen. I think that's probably the way to go. Explaining those guys for more than a starting lineup's worth of minutes together, which wouldn't – I mean, most of the time probably wouldn't work. Um, and also, I just want to say the idea of, again, I, I said I wouldn't give up any of the young guys. I think that's a nice young set to have. The Warriors have – they can trade free three firsts and a couple of big swaps right now um, if they wanted to make a big deal. Yeah, that's um, like, that's They fun. can pull that off and get Wiggins out there, and I, I like Wiggins as well. Um, but they can do that. The idea of having a young a young core of Poole, Moody, Kaminga, Simmons, and Wiseman is kind of sweet. But nice. Just a – I just don't, again, it's one of those things where I think Simmons right now in a vacuum is such a weird player because he's better than Draymond in a vacuum. He's better than Wiggins in a vacuum. But, but the fit's just off. The fit's just he, weird. He just can't, again, you can't say enough. Like, Draymond, Draymond's a 74% free throw shooter. You know what I mean? He makes big shots, and he he's willing to – he's he's not, again, the, the, the regression's there, right? We've seen him uh, regress to a point where he's not, he's not shooting three-pointers anywhere nearly as often as he should be, and he's not – taking layups half as often as he should be, but he will do it at the end of a ball game. He's not afraid to go to the free throw line. And for what the Warriors are giving up, you have to have, you have to in the playoffs have six guys. You are like, you know, what you can put in the basketball game with four minutes left. You have to have that, you know? And if one of those guys costs you $30 million, it's just hard. I mean, again, we can, it's hard to bank on Simmons being unlocked. Um, I know earlier, Gotham, you mentioned when we were texting in our chat, man, like uh, trading Draymond perhaps and getting Simmons there. I don't, I don't want to. No, I, I wouldn't either. And I also don't yeah. know. It's it, again in a, on his own. If you were starting a team, you'd want Simmons before Draymond ten times out of ten. It's exactly. In, that, it's it's the fit that's just. It's something's off with the fit. And I mean, you got you said a mileage finish, but like so, like I wouldn't want to trade Draymond just because a just the chemistry that um, the fans have and Steph and Clay have, but. Um, just the tenacity, like you're not like the, the I think Simmons is gonna get unlocked because of Draymond. So I think you have to keep him. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that the trade you tossed out was like a cool trade. It was like CJ to Philly. Yeah, it was, I Simmons saw someone said that, but Simmons to uh Golden State and then Draymond to Draymond and other stuff to Portland. I think that's like that'd be a cool trade. Again, just at this point, given the Steph and Draymond's relationship, like literally on the basketball court and outside of basketball. That's timeless. That's something you can't buy. We know Steph and Draymond have something that, like, as far as just the way they connect in basketball, it's, it's generational. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't think the Warriors do it. I would do it for the right the right cost, probably, but it would it would not come without its downsides. I would be, you know, I think it would have to come with the caveat that, though I do question the Draymond and Simmons fit. I think it could like the only word to describe it is explosive and explosive either way. Like either Steve Kerr could step in, like add a little magic, figure it out, like find a way to make both of those two effective in the half court on offense, or it just implodes because either Simmons doesn't buy in or Draymond feels affronted because he feels like he's being replaced. It could be a little bit of both because 
you know, you try being the guy who walks into Draymond and says like, Hey, we're going to bring in this guy who, you know, even though they're kind of like a more athletic version of you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then you're going to eventually transition the bench and, you know, that'll be it. Like (laughs) it's going to be a tough sell for him. And, you know, we've seen them make sacrifices for this team a lot, but I think that's going to be a tough proposition. like proponent for Draymond, um, you know, his shooting is looking much better, obviously um, with the Olympics and stuff and, you know, Instagram highlights, you never know, but um, he's just looking confident with the way he's getting up there and just putting up shots. So if, if Draymond does come back and he's shooting, you know, 30, 34, 30, or 35, 40%, like we did see that he's capable of, you know, who knows? Um, we might not even need a guy like Ben Simmons, but um, I think just, just to – the price is the price is right, man. I, I the price is right. We'll uh we'll, we'll I would be very down to see it. But yeah, the, um, the, the best version of this is when you get you get a really hopefully pissed off Ben Simmons, and he should be Charlie. We all talked about just a moment ago how they did him dirty in Philly. The guy the guy fell apart in the playoffs, no doubt. But if your coach is ragging on you and your teammates ragging on you in front of the press, that's a bad look, obviously. But the best version of this is he's reacting to that. He's pissed off. He comes somewhere else and he spitefully learns how to shoot. That's the best version of this, but you can't – I don't know if you can bank on that. So hey, Game 7, 2022 NBA – or 2021 NBA Finals, Ben Simmons in Embiid's grill cash. Uh, Money. Warriors win a championship. That would be, that'd be sick. Uh, but um, – so I think, you know, obviously we'll see what happens there. But, um, guys, it's been a fun episode. Um, as we kind of you know, close this out, I um, just want to get one thing. One thing you guys want to see um, remaining of free agency offseason – that the Warriors should do. Um, I'll let you guys start. Kick it off, man. Please, please, please just spend the mid-level exception. Like, I don't care if the guy stinks at all. Like, just, you know, like, give it all to Avery Bradley. Like, at least, you know, try something. Like, I don't care. You know, at this point, it's just – it's frustrating to watch this team try to be put together and have guys, like – Steph and Draymond talk about how badly they want to win with this team and what they put in to make this team work. And, you know, I understand that the cost of the roster sort of got away from them, but since they are a media entertainment and uh, technology company, as opposed to and a basketball team, you know, they should probably uh, have like five or $10 million laying around for a little role player. So that's all I want to see. Just, just do something. Yeah, I mean, just for a second, that that clip of Joe Lacob is as like actually terrifying a video of a real human as I've ever seen in my life. Like he looks demented in a way that you wouldn't really think is is possible for a guy with blood in his veins. But there he is. Um, you know, you know, when they get to that part in the last dance where like everybody is just watching and hating Jerry Krause. Yeah, that's that's like, Joe Lacob. That that's that could be that moment in the thirty for thirty I, that just makes all the Warriors fans like yo, have Matt, PTSD. I you know, bro, hey, oh, well, I think I, I'm, I'm happy you brought that up, Charlie. I'm gonna go in on this fool. Gosh, dude. Um, but yeah, I I think Charlie, I think you hit it, man. They gotta get somebody with that. And there are guys out there that okay, maybe they're not in the market worth six million dollars, or that I know what we keep hearing from freaking Kalkami and Slater that's thirty million dollars. I know I don't give a shit. Okay. Uh, the Warriors were worth $430 million when Lake had bought them. They're worth $4.7 billion now. The guy will be okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, spend the mid-level. Uh, I, ideally, I want them to snag a shooter, uh, a shooter with defensive uh, reputation, at least. I mentioned Wes Matthews, you guys. Um, the best version of West Matthews, West Matthews is gone, but uh, he did not have a good season last year. But if he's hitting threes and he can defend a little bit, he's a nice guy off the bench. Um, that's the guy I'd like to see, but yeah, use it on somebody, get a guy, get it, a, get a decent sized contract, potentially move later in the season. Um, it, it'd be really important. Charlie, I totally agree, man. That was, that was spot on. Um, and then for me, uh, Charlie, I'm so happy you brought up Joe Lacob, man. Um, fuck Joe <laughs> Lacob. He is, uh, he's wow. going to be the downfall of this franchise after this, uh, after Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, Draymond Green retire. Um, but I want that that's going to be on my pod on the podcast in 2030 or whenever that is. Um, but Joe Lacob, uh, just I want my one thing for Joe Lacob to do this offseason is to shut the fuck up. Stop talking. Um, we don't need to. We don't want to hear you, man. We don't want to hear you. Um, I don't care about your tech media company. It's a basketball team, dog. Run it like a basketball team. Um, man, I was so heated when I saw him say that. But 
Um, the thing I want to see the Warriors do uh, this offseason to close it out, um, you obviously spend it, but um, I want to see if we can try and finesse a deal for uh, Ben Simmons. Uh, ben Simmons or Buddy Hill. Um, I know we kind of brought this in and I came in kind of on the fence, but the more we kind of talked about it, um, I think the upside is there for the right price, obviously. Um, but I just want to see a deal get done without having to mortgage the future. Um, get that done. And if not, obviously, um, spend that, spend that exception. Um, you guys are claiming, you guys, you guys own Chase Center. So just sell out a Drake concert or some shit. You'll make that money back with the tax. Um, good to go. But yeah, just, uh, spend money to win a championship, man. We are, we're pretty close. We're, we're damn close with the roster we have. Um, plays coming back. Steph's, you know, coming off that season, Draymond's shooting shit um, and he's not missing Olympics except point blank length layups. Um, but we're there. We're right there. And this team's just brought us, we got it. So spend the money if, to bring us a ring. If we can go in and just get one more championship in this window. Oh, it's, it, it'll feel so good. Dude, he can I'm run done. it into the ground. Like, I don't yeah, care. Yeah, I don't give a you shit. Know, like, That's what I'm saying. Like, I just want to ruin the team for 10 years. These guys. If we can win one more with Steph Clay and Draymond, Joe Lacob, dude, you can make this a goddamn like circus ring. I don't give a shit. I'll support. You can take my money. I want to see one more ring with these guys, this core, um, just what they've done for Warriors basketball. I don't, and just and like it's not like we can't compete. It's we're right there. Um, so just go out, spend the money, and bring home this ring, man. Like we want to get this done. Fuck the Lakers. Um, spending all this money and shit. Um, we can spend money too, motherfucker. I, I will say this is not a lake of defense. Um, if by chance this team does transition into like some Spursius, Spursian long-term uh, contending status, props to Joe Lake. I was going to say that ahead of time. I don't think, like you said, it's hard to pull that off. It took an incredible amount of luck and circumstance for San Antonio to do it. But um, guys, I just want to know, going into the season, I don't want any projections. I just want to know right now, we'll come back to this next pod once hopefully free agency is wrapped up. Um, Optimism-wise, on a scale of 1 to 10, I love my scales, right? Yes, sir. How, where are you optimistically on that scale if the Warriors are a legitimate contender next year? Real quick. Um, I'm hovering around like a 6 right now. How about I'm a, you, go? I'm, a, I'm an 8, man. I'm a, I'm a betting man. Uh, I like to spend money to make money. Joe Lacob, listen to me, man. But um, Vegas has the Warriors as like the third or fourth best odds. You know, obviously, um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna ride with my boys, man. I'm an eight. I think we're a move or two away from really being in contention. And um, if we're healthy, I don't want to see us in the playoffs. Said last year, this roster's better. Um, we're getting back guys. Um, I think we got a really good shot. Cool. Yeah, I'm about an eight as well, man. Gotham, I can't. You you just said to a billionaire. Listen to me. <laughs> I like that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm on the same scale. We'll see what happens next week. But I believe in this team. I'm feeling more optimistic than I was about a week ago. So, eight and six. I'll take it for now. Let's close it out, boys. Definitely. Yo, man. Uh, shit. Game Clay Claypod listeners. Uh, it's been amazing. Thank you for uh, you know coming back, listening to us um, on Spotify. Uh, we're trying to get this up on YouTube as well, so you can see our pretty faces. Um, I had that uh, always sunny moment or whatever earlier, um, so we're not just pretty faces. Um, we talk well, but, you know, please look at us. Um, but anyways, other than that, man, I got nothing to shout out. Please like, comment, subscribe. Um, that's a YouTube thing, so I'll say that for the next one. But uh, Matt, Charlie, uh, anything else you guys got? Uh, I'm, I'm good oh, right now. I'm just so worn out after – draft content <laughs> yeah hey man take Just a break, a break. take a break you earned it charlie um but other than that <laughs> man uh thank you guys for listening and we will catch you guys on the next one go dubs peace Yo.